Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Tiffany Bowie. And I'm Luke Diamond. And we're back from spring break. It's sunny out. Yep. And I have a bunch of final assignments that are starting to be due. Time's a ticking. Yes, it is. Um, okay, real talk. I'm sure you've seen that thing on social media that's like, if like a Florida man and then fill in the blank. I think it's like based on your birthday. Really? Yeah. But like if you were just a Florida man crime, what Florida man crime would you be? Um, I think it'd be like a Florida man politely but firmly declined entry from Animal Humane Society after sneaking too many dogs out under his shirt. That's so like humanitarian based. It's like an extremely long headline. I (laughs) I don't know if that would work as a headline. I think mine would be like Florida man walks into Starbucks with gun just wants free coffee. <laughs> like wouldn't take any money, would just take coffee. Or more accurately, Florida man takes wrong coffee order. Yes, I took Sydney's coffee the other day. I don't know who you are, Sydney, but if you had a grande caramel iced coffee, it ended up with me. And I didn't even I didn't even want it, so I gave it to Tiffany. So it was pretty good. Okay. Well, let's jump into our headlines for this week. Two workers were sent to the emergency room after installing carpets at the Arrow, formerly known as Prime Place. A recent lab analysis by the Minneapolis Building and Construction Trades Council found that carpet layers were exposed to potentially hazardous chemicals in September. One worker reported that he was still experiencing symptoms like impaired memory and fatigue six months after going to the hospital. The All-Campus Elections Committee is under fire for alleged violations during the recent student government election. The committee's website published a voter's guide that failed to include all of the candidates, and a vice presidential candidate resigned days before the vote despite bylaws that prohibit resignations within a week of an election. MSA says the committee practices discretion within all of its decisions. The university's pick for commencement speaker is drawing criticism from students and staff. Jim Burke, university alum and producer of the Oscar-winning film Green Book, will send graduating students off in the spring, amid criticisms of how his film portrayed race issues. Some at the university feel the film oversimplifies racial problems. The university said availability is a large factor in choosing the speaker. The University of Minnesota student body has newly elected leadership. Last week, Mina Kean and Gile Karandi won a campus-wide election for next year's presidency and vice presidency. Kean currently serves as vice president and Karandi as the representative to the Board of Regents. They said their goals are to increase tuition affordability, diversify the student body, and improve sustainability in campus dining halls. And, and those, those are our headlines, headlines for, for the week. week. Oh. We always do the wrong words. <laughs> I'm trying to get. And though. <laughs> Which one are we doing? The. Okay. And, and those are our headlines for the week. How old were you when you've got your first diagnosis? I was, I think, 12. Yeah, I think I just turned 12. So, yeah, pretty young. Did you have a realization yourself maybe prior to getting a diagnosis? Or was there a moment where you realized, oh, yeah, like I have an eating disorder? Um, in the back of my head, I knew that something was wrong, but I just didn't want to like come out and say it. Um, and then when I was diagnosed, then I was kind of more upfront with it, I guess. Taylor Peterson is a junior at the University of Minnesota studying psychology and nutrition. How did you feel hearing that diagnosis? What were you expecting for your next steps? I was really scared and 
kind of mad because I knew that the next step was treatment and getting help and getting better. And at that time, I didn't want recovery. I thought that recovery meant you were going to get fat and you were going to gain all this weight and be ugly and disgusting, and which isn't true, but um, that's just the thoughts that was going on inside of my head when I was diagnosed. Taylor's parents checked her into an outpatient treatment. She lied to her doctor about getting better, but continued what she called eating disorder behaviors. Her doctor noticed and suggested her parents enroll her in a more intense inpatient program, which they did. And I was very upset by that. And actually, on the way there to the inpatient facility, um, I, we were at a red light and I got out of the car and ran away. Yeah, I mean, it, granted it was only like, 10 minutes I was out of the car but it was just I just had these thoughts inside my head that I was like no this means that you're gonna gain weight and um it's it's hard for other people to understand who have never experienced something like this but when you do have an eating disorder it makes you do all sorts of crazy things so um so there's five types of eating disorders that to my knowledge are officially classified Audrey Kennedy is a features reporter for the daily Everybody thinks bulimia and anorexia, but I can't remember the statistics specifically, but it's something like under 40% of people who have eating disorders are actually diagnosed with those two. How prevalent are eating disorders among the University of Minnesota student body campus? So the official statistic that's out right now is around 4.3% of students, I believe in the 2018 school year. Almost 1 in 20 students on campus report having an eating disorder. But Boynton Health Center is limited in the eating disorder care it can offer on campus. Right now, Boynton offers eating disorder consultation appointments, which are free to any student. You walk in and you can um, be diagnosed with an eating disorder by an experienced professional. But once you're done with or once you're diagnosed, you'll have to go off campus for more in-depth treatment. This was true of Taylor's experience. She went through treatment and recovery at the Emily program. Afterwards, she went on to enroll at the University of Minnesota, where she's aspiring to work at the Emily program after graduation. But earlier this year, Taylor's grandfather died. Her grief triggered eating disorder symptoms. She started to relapse and immediately consulted Boynton for help. Um, I did go to Boynton, and um, I just really needed to talk to someone at that time. I was feeling very alone, and I I didn't want to come out and tell my friends or my family just because I didn't want them to worry about me. And I didn't think it was the biggest issue. It definitely was not anything comparable to how sick I was in the past, but I just felt like I needed to talk to somebody and kind of get the emotions and thoughts that were inside of my head out. So I went to Boynton and um, they did an intake and they basically said that they they couldn't help me. What are the reasons that Boynton gives for not offering these eating disorder resources on campus? The treatment for eating disorders is very, very complex. I'm actually glad that Boynton says that because eating disorders are really complicated. They have a nutritional component, they have a medical component, they have a therapeutic component, sometimes a psychiatric component, and they take time to treat. Jillian Lampert is the chief strategy officer of the EMILY program, which provides full eating disorder treatment. So when people come in for treatment, it's not sort of a, hi, you're here, here's the thing, see you later, you're done. It can take months. It can take up to a year or two or more. You know, Boynton does a great job with what they can do, but we are able to offer a lot more of the other pieces. So Boynton refers students to outpatient programs like Melrose and the Emily program, and many students benefit in these programs. But some, like Taylor, 
struggle to get in because of monetary concerns because insurance is always a pain to work with. My insurance was unable to um, cover the bills, so it was going to come out of my pocket and my parents' pocket. And we, you know, going to college, we don't have the money to pay for treatment. Um, that's when I went back to Boyden and I said, can I please just talk to somebody? I just need to talk to someone. And they said, we don't have the resources to help you. According to Mary Utes, a therapist at Boyton's mental health clinic and a member of the clinic's eating disorder team, the primary resource they lack is simply enough time. For instance, my schedule is booked out a month at a time. And what we know about eating disorders is that recovery rates are highest when there is early detection and early intervention. So the risk is that someone could be getting worse while they're waiting to see their team here. Whereas at Melrose or Emily program or uh, some of these other programs, you can see them weekly. You can see them at the frequency and the intensity that your condition warrants. Um, and that, while it's a, it's a time investment up front, it stands to save you a lot of quality of life down the line. Instead of a treatment facility, Taylor sought a support group. But none were available because many eating disorder experts believe that support groups can hurt patients more than help them. What happens is people generally, when they're ready to go to a support group, they actually need a lot higher level of care. I had an eating disorder when I was in college, and I had this brilliant idea that I would go to this local support group. And I went and I thought, this is great. I'm going to a support group. I'm getting help. And I was a train wreck. It was not what I needed. And so I ended up going there for a couple of weeks before somebody said to me, like, you need more than this. Like, this isn't enough. And I didn't listen. I was like, nope, I got it. I'm coming to this group. Oh, I don't even need the group. Good. Done. And, and uh, you know, thankfully, I didn't die. I, I was really ill, and I somehow managed to get through that. But I think support groups really give people the idea that they're, they're getting enough. If you have another illness, like... If you have cancer, there are cancer support groups, but you don't go to the support group instead of get surgery or chemo or radiation. You get all those things and you go to the support group. And that's the important part. You have to be getting treatment in order to have support groups actually support what you're doing. For Taylor, she didn't need or want to re-enter a treatment facility like Melrose Center or the Emily program. She just wanted to talk to someone that wasn't close friends or family. And Taylor isn't alone. Jessica Barker, head of Project Heal, has heard a need for a mentorship program where those finished with inpatient care can just have a conversation about living with an eating disorder. A mentor might be talking about something like, when you go to the grocery store, here are some helpful tips to make it easier, fun, whereas a clinician might be more like, Let's talk about why this is difficult for you. Let's talk about what some of the cognitive distortions that might be going on when you go to the grocery store and you're getting scared when you see that box of cereal. People come and they say, I just want to talk to someone that's been there. I want to hear that while it feels hopeless right now, hey, this mentor also felt like it was hopeless 20 years ago, and now they're doing okay. Jessica said the mentorship program and support groups in general are not meant to replace therapy, but a support group could be someone's first step to getting the medical care they need. I think the hardest thing is that people think that it's going to stop people from getting care. There's really no wrong 
way to start your journey. So if it starts because there's a peer support group that you're able to access and that somehow leads the way to either getting more help or finding the things that you need in order to get better, then that's great. Boynton has declined to partner with Project Heal, which does not offer medical services, but plans to set up a mentorship program in the Twin Cities. The clinic refers students out to treatment facilities, particularly Melrose Center. Our job is to reflect honestly what we're seeing, the risk factors associated with eating disorder behaviors, and the resources in our community that we believe are best equipped to help a student heal and get back to their life so that this eating disorder isn't Uh, taking up so much mental space in their day-to-day. Melrose and these other programs are great partners in that care and that healing. If a student is looking for eating disorder care, Jessica recommends getting an eating disorder assessment with Boynton as the first step. First step is if they th- if you think you have an eating disorder, either take the National Eating Disorders Association screening tool online, and I highly recommend going in and having an assessment at Boynton. They have quite an extensive eating disorders team who does assessments and determines whether or not someone does need to be referred out. And the biggest thing I tell people is ask questions. You have options, especially in Minnesota. Here, you do not have any one place that you need to go to. You get to ask those questions, and you get to find the treatment that's right for you. We see these students every single day here in the mental health clinic. We know that eating disorders are incredibly common amongst college-age students. We know this struggle exists, and we want these students to feel that they can come talk with us about what's going on. Conveying that there's hope and recovery is possible is the best thing, because people can get better, absolutely can get better from an eating disorder. In the Know is produced by me, Luke Diamond, and is reported by my co-host, Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, welcome back from spring break. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.